Support for WERU comes from Susan Bakley and Chris Marshall at the 13th Moon Center in Montville, offering shamanic healing, art from the heart, through art, therapy, and classes since 1985. More information is available at 13thmooncenter.net, all spelled out, or 589-3063. It's 10 o'clock and you are tuned to WERU-FM. 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and streaming online at WERU.org. Healthy Options with your host, Ron DeFeynman, is up next. Good morning. I'm Rhonda Feynman, and this is Healthy Options on WERU Community Radio. Our guest today is Peggy Huddleston, the author of the book, Prepare for Surgery, Heal Faster, a Guide of Mind-Body Techniques. She trains healthcare professionals to use these techniques that she has developed to help their clients prepare for surgery and also has a private practice guiding individuals in preparing for surgery. Her workshop, Prepare for Surgery, Heal Faster, is offered at several hospitals across America. Peggy Huddleston is a psychotherapist, researcher, a graduate of the Harvard Divinity School, and the focus of her writing and clinical work is on the ways in which emotions and the human spirit may enhance healing. We've invited her to Healthy Options today, and she is here with us by phone to tell us about her work and about how using mind-body techniques can be so effective. Welcome to Healthy Options and WERU Community Radio, Peggy Huddleston. Hi, good morning. And um, thank you for getting up so early. You are in California, so... Uh, yes, yeah, 7 o'clock here, 10 o'clock there. <laughs> we, we owe you a cup of, uh, of tea or something, yes. <laughs> So I know uh, perhaps you could just give us um a little bit of a, of a of a of an overview a little bit of an idea of where what that mind body healing what is that, that this is such a broad question but a little bit of of what what it is that we're uh, talking about when we talk about this kind of uh of connection Well I my work focuses on what a person can do emotionally and spiritually that will facilitate their physical healing process. So, for example, uh, often uh, so it affects anything that a person needs to do if they need healing, uh, and then also what to do to avoid needing healing, staying healthy. So it's uh, it's all the things that nurtures a person because that changes their biochemistry of what's going on in their physiology and determines their health. So, for example, um, I love to show people uh, who have chronic illness how they can first learn to get deeply relaxed because they have to reduce the stress. Usually I could predict and I'll ask them, have have you been really stressed a lot lately? For example, if someone has a a recent diagnosis of cancer, and they'll say, oh, I said, well, what were the last four or five years like? And they'll say, oh, God, it was terrible. Um, there was an illness in the family, or I went through the death of, of uh, a spouse, or a child was sick. There'll be long-term stress, and that's a, whenever we're stressed, our immune system is suppressed and put in the back burner and can't do its normal job. So I first have to show people how to get deeply relaxed and learn to live in that state where they're peaceful and happy, and that's where their immune system is functioning at the highest level. And you then, um, as you fun- are that way, 
the body just starts to heal. But you have to get, get out of the rut a person's been in of being chronically stressed. Well, as you're saying this, I'm sitting here kind of going into some sort of meditative state going, oh, all of us are totally stressed. <laughs> so this is uh, these techniques are appropriate for absolutely everyone. You don't have to be preparing for surgery, do you? Or have a That's diagnosis right. yet. And I'm thinking of you being in Maine. It's my favorite place to be, and I love being there in the summers on Mount Desert Island. Um, and it's, it's the place I love to be where I just, I just would arrive uh, on Mount Desert at, at my friend's house, and I would just fall, fall asleep and wake up in the morning totally one with nature. But don't you think you all in Maine have a huge advantage because you have such abundant nature around you? Well, you know how that is. You know, uh, the idea that, yes, we do, but we are all also doing busy lives. And when you're where you are, where you live, it's easy to forget, isn't it? What we have, the yeah. advantages we have, or the resources we have. So... I think that that's, uh, that's something for all of our listeners because we are being streamed and we are being listened to all over the, all over the planet on uh, weru.org. So I think everybody uh, uh, around the world where they live in a beautiful spot can forget that. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> that's right. And the pace of life uh, for many people has become just too fast. And their body is constantly giving them feedback. So if they have any chronic illnesses like arthritis or cancer or type 2 diabetes, their body is just a perfect uh, feedback tool saying you're living in a way that's stressed and is not healthy, and the body reflects that. And they have to, and they, well, there's so much research that's shown, for example, with, in fact, what I find just most amazing is 100 years ago, people were dying from infections and childhood diseases and all of that in this country has been solved. But now in America, people die from diseases that are totally preventable and reversible, like type 2 di diabetes or uh, cardiovascular disease. All of these is amazing research that's been done showing these all can be reversed, but they have to be reversed by using lifestyle medicine of making different choices of what a person eats, uh, what state of peace and joy they live in, um, and how they nurture themselves to reverse these diseases. So that, and unfortunately, when someone, say, gets diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, their doctor diagnoses them because when you really get really sick, you can diagnose it with medical tests, and they say, oh, you've got type 2 diabetes, for example, and then you're given a bunch of paperwork. But a person needs support to be able to make the lifestyle changes and then to maintain those changes. And it's been shown that just in one month of making those lifestyle changes, say switching to a plant-based diet and living in a way that's peaceful instead of highly stressed, uh, type 2 diabetes will reverse itself, uh, and it's, it's, it's tons of research has been done documenting this, but people need to have the support of how to do that. 
So I think the, from, your, from reading your Prepare for Surgery, Heal Faster book, A, a Guide of Mind-Body Techniques, uh, you talk about and you a, pr- tell people how to practice the relaxation process. Maybe we could, um, we could invite people to do that or talk about what that relaxation process is. What is a, a, a tangible thing that, that we could be doing for ourselves? Well, for example, when I wrote my book on how to prepare for surgery using mind-body techniques, uh, I developed five steps to prepare for surgery, and then research has documented that it reduces stress and patients actually heal faster and leave the hospital sooner after major surgery, and they recover faster. And one of the steps was I realized that uh, people, when they come to me before surgery and were scared, they need to learn how to shift themselves out of fear into feeling peaceful. And so I developed a relaxation, and it doesn't refer to surgery, so a person can use it for anything. And uh, a person can actually just go to my book's website and download it as an MP3. It downloads in in one minute. Um, They just have to know how to pull it into an iTunes library, and then from there they can sync it to all their all their devices, uh, but I found that right now a person could put their hand, the palm of their hand, on their cheek, and if they're at a normal room temperature, if their hand is warm, then it means they're uh, peaceful. If their hand is cold, as they put it on their cheek, it means they're stressed, because when we're stressed, our body pulls our blood from our extremities into our big muscles to fight or run away. The fight-or-flight response gets triggered. And so if a person right now puts their palm of their hand on their cheek... Let's all do it. Feels, um, okay, my hand is my, a normal temperature, or but you have to... If you're in a cold place, you can't do this. <laughs> it won't work. Get um, out of the air conditioning, folks. <laughs> yeah. Um, or if it's um, just a normal temperature, then it means they're relaxed. If if they're stressed, then they need to do what are all the different things they know they can do to reduce their stress. And everyone has things that makes them feel better. Um, I know you're an acupuncturist, and everyone loves that feeling in acupuncture. We just go, ah, oh, I feel so wonderful uh, from from what you do. Others reach that level through of deep relaxation from yoga. Uh, others go out in nature and let themselves go into a state of oneness where they feel one with the sky or the ocean or the trees. Um, all of the, or someone may think of a person they love, a person or pet who's easy to love, and as they think of them, they shift themselves out of their head where they're were worried and stressed from thinking, and they shift themselves into their heart where they feel their love for that person or pet, and as they do that and they shift into their heart center, research at the Institute of Heart Math in California has documented our heart creates a field of energy that surrounds our entire body and places every cell in peace and harmony. And so uh, it's 
just wonderful for people to think about what are the things that they do that they know shifts them into a state of oneness because then their immune system is on the very front burner working 24-7. It's not suppressed when they're stressed. Uh, so I, I even ask a person to uh, keep a list of, uh, in their pocket, keep an index card of all the things they're grateful for. And when they, you, you always can tell when you've shifted into a lousy mood. Hmm. And you can shift yourself out of it just by pulling that card out of your pocket and just just going over everything you're grateful for, just feeling it and feeling the gratitude for each one. And as you begin to flow into the feeling of gratitude, your vibration just lifts. And after a while you go, oh, I feel so much better. And you can shift yourself into being centered. Or hanging out with a really young child of babies, oh, when they come into this dimension, are in a, in a world, uh, they're still streaming that beautiful energy from the dimension they've come from, which is all love. Uh, have you ever noticed that being with a, uh, a baby and you just mat- let yourself match their energy, you go, oh, this totally. is so good? Absolutely. What does it feel like when you do that, Rhonda? I, I, my energy sinks into very grounded. Things are relaxed. I'm, my cells are are tingling, having just come from my uh, being around my great nephew. So uh, <laughs> I can I can oh. speak specifically, and um, yes, it's uh, and it, that's the all encompassing. There's sensation of of love and joy. Even when he was a little irritable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, and and you can notice what, breathing changes, right? Other other people mm-hmm. can talk about this. Slower breath, being where you are. Don't need to be anywhere else. Just being very present. Mm. Yes, yes. So. If everyone does not have access to a young child, I guess we can <laughs> imagine her. <Well, laughs> right. Or be nice. Well they, well, they all have access to being somewhere where there's nature that they love. Some people love the ocean, some it's the trees, some it's the sky, or some it's all of it. Uh, just being that favorite place, or just closing their eyes and feeling like it's there, recalling what it how it smells, how it sounds, will shift a person into that feeling. So it's that level of sensation that we're talking about, which is, um, for those who are regular listeners to Healthy Options, I do many programs on the trauma resource resiliency model, and one of the first ways to actually ground is to go to the safe place, go to somewhere that's, that is... Um, does create those well well being sensations, and then heightening it. Just just what you're saying. We, even if you're not actually in the woods, um, you mm-hmm. can recreate in your own sensation in your within yourself the sensation of the smell, the sensation of the touch, and notice the sensation in your body as you're doing that. And and isn't that what you do in your your relaxation tapes? Exactly, exactly. I just ask, I get them deeply relaxed by 
reducing, relaxing all the muscles. And then when they're deeply relaxed, uh, I'll say I'll count from one to three. At the count of three, you'll be in your ideal place of relaxation. And they're just there. Just It's all about feeling it, um, how it, how it feels. And we all have five senses, but we all seem to imprint with one of them more than the others. So for some, it may be the smell. For others, it may be what they see. But it's what connects them to that deep feeling of, of peace. And there's a way in which, um, when you asked me to be on the radio show, you asked if I'd talk about Roberto Assagioli's work. Yes. He has a beautiful model of explaining this. Uh, Roberto Assagioli, I wish I could say his name with that great Italian flourish. Assagioli. Italian. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, I've eaten a lot of he, Italian food in my life, uh, oh, Peggy, so th- oh, therefore, you know, one is able to do that. Yeah, so sorry. Good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he worked closely with Carl Jung the psychiatrist, and uh, he has a model that I found worked works really well for me, understanding these different altered, because what we're really talking about are altered states of consciousness. We can have the everyday consciousness, we're very much here in the world and getting too busy and too stressed, and then we can have, um, well, I'll, I'll just give you an example. If someone um, is near a piece of paper and a pencil, if they draw a circle, uh, say the, the size of a of a nickel, and then um, draw a straight line going above it, and and put something that's the size of the biggest circle they can put on the page, and then uh, from that that nickel you'd call a person's self, and then uh, below the self. Uh, and that line that goes from the person up to that giant circle, there's always streaming energy connecting us to our source, whatever person wants to call that that divine source. There's always streaming energy connecting us to that. And the more peaceful we feel, the higher we move up on that line towards that huge circle. And the higher we move up through through meditation, prayer, mindfulness, yoga, um, as we get to higher and higher states, we just feel more peaceful until it becomes like sublime peace, uh, and it goes from sublime peace to like extraordinary peace, and then it goes into waves of love, and a person just begins to feel waves of love flow into them. So when a person is... uh, like holding a little baby, they're so connected to that dimension they've come from and that when you hold them, you just feel the loving presence. It's, it's, it's emanating out of them. So when you hold it, you just begin to align to it and go, oh, this feels so good. Or or a pet um, can, is the same way. But then how do you explain what happens where, when we're in a terrible mood or we're mad or we're angry or we're sad or lonely, and Asajoli, Dr. Asajoli, in his model, he'd say, well, below that circle in the middle of the page is the nickel, draw 
maybe uh, about an inch or two inches below it, draw some, about four or five circles in a row the size of a dime. They're smaller. And he calls these subpersonalities. And we all know what it's like when we get triggered by what a person says or even how they look at us or, um, or just events. And we can get triggered into, into the subpersonality that gets sad or the one that gets angry or the one that feels lonely. And then we're, we feel disconnected. And a person has to learn, and I think you were talking about it, Rhonda, when a person is in, gets triggered into a, a, a part of themselves that, that was traumatized, they need to learn ways to shift out of that, those feelings of trauma and back into their self where they're centered, which is with that nickel. And then the more they can do the things that move them closer and closer up, going higher to that giant circle, they begin to feel the peace. We're all having a moment here. <laughs> and for those of you who just joined us, you're listening to Healthy Options on WERU Community Radio. I'm Rhonda Feynman, and we're speaking with Peggy Huddleston, author of Prepare for Surgery, Heal Faster, A Guide of Mind-Body Techniques. And we are right in the middle of discussing the mind-body connection and how it can enhance our healing, whether you're in surgery or whether you're going to surgery or whether you're just trying to prevent and, and heal from uh, any any kind of trauma illness. So this I this coming back to what you were talking about. Now I've been since uh, we you agreed to be on the show, I've been doing a little bit of reading um, from some of uh, Roberto's students and there's that I that concept of that self, that little nickel, Mm -hmm. Th there's also this idea of, of uh, one of his students, I guess, Furman, uh, Dr. Furman, um, has the sense that the self is everywhere, that the self is there. And it sounds esoteric, but as we're talking about these sub-personalities or these, these triggered states, let's call them that for a moment, the anger, the loneliness, that in fact that healthy self is really still there. We're just not. Oh, it's still there. We're not Live accessing it. It's not really separate, is it? No, it's ne it's not gone anywhere. We've just gone into this very tiny, small part of ourselves. Uh, but when we're in it, it feels like that's everything we are, and it's just learning how to shift out of that and getting back and finding each person knows what their ways are to shift back into a centered place. Maybe some people have to go out and take a a walk in nature. Um, others do it through music. Uh, others do it through dance. Whatever gets a person centered back in the self, and then as they're centered, getting higher and higher, um, they move closer and closer, closer to those older states. I remember once, you know the uh, the book uh, A Course in Miracles? Sure. I, I went to a, a workshop in Massachusetts one weekend, and there are about 20 or 30 people there, and they were all at a high vibration. Uh, and so for example, people probably had the experience that when you go to a place where other people in a high vibration just lifts you, it's like how the 
a high tide lifts all the boats. What, what does that mean? What's a high vibration? Well, you know when you walk into a room and if someone's just been fighting, you feel the anger? That's, yes. Uh, there's a vibration from every emotion creates a vibration. And a low vibration would be depression. Uh, slightly higher is, is better to be angry than depressed. <laughs> has more energy in it. And as you go to a higher and higher vibration, you go into happy and happier states. So it's actually, it's a, it's a, science hasn't yet found a way to measure it, but we as human beings, we feel it all the time. Because, you know, instantly when you, when you meet someone, you feel, you go, oh, this person feels good to be around, or this person, oh, they don't feel so good to be around. It's the, whatever energy they're emanating, where they vibrate it, whatever is their basic state they vibrate around. Um, is is what is literally where they're vibrating, and we all we all feel it, and it's like I'm sure you can feel your patients when they come to a session for acupuncture. You feel whether where they're resonating. You check their pulses, right? And and then you know what needles, what points to use. And then at the as the session progresses, do you feel their vibration shifting? Absolutely. And how would you describe what you're feeling? Well. Everybody does their sensations in different ways, yes? So uh, in my work, well, I, because I, I do a Japanese style, so we're, we're touching, there's a, uh, and so there's a lot of energy through my hands, and I can feel the change on that cellular level, on, on the pulse and the abdomen. Also, the room energy shifts, or my, I get Ooh. my stomach, my, my tummy gets gets uh, nice and uh, calm <laughs> mm-hmm. as I, that's the story uh, maybe maybe this mother is listening my friend's uh, son was uh, going to engineering school and he was looking for colleges he's an engineer by the way right and uh, he also meditates so when he got to this college that he ended up going to he said I'm going to go here and they said well how do you know why he said because my tummy feels good here and I use that example all the time <laughs> Exactly. My tummy feels good here at this college. And so that's the sensation of ease, yes? Yes, exactly, exactly. And so so you, that, went into this, you went into your, uh, to your high vibration group at the Course of Miracles. What happened? And, and it felt so wonderful because it just, I didn't have to do anything except be in the room. And it just lifted me up into the state that they were in. And I just felt this love flowing through uh, my heart. And it was just like streaming love. Um, it's similar to that feeling, you know, when you love someone, you just feel your heart open and your love just flows out to them and you, you just feel so happy. You're just grinning from ear to ear. It was, it was like, oh, my goodness, just resonant love. And I felt that way all day Sunday until the class ended at 3 o'clock. And when I got my car to drive back to Cambridge, Massachusetts, where I lived, I went, oh, the feeling just is like, oh, no, it's gone. And I thought, well, oh, I know it's there. I know I can, I can feel it. And, and so uh, when I went home, I just began saying, I'm just going to focus on the only thought that's real is, I am love because I feel I could feel that I was just 
at my essence, and I could feel that I was just pure love, and, and we all are. I could just, but I, it wasn't intellectually knowing everyone at their essence is love. Oh, I just could feel this love. It's like, whoa, I want to feel that all the time. It was the level of sensation. So even the language, the language that we're using, when you say I feel, we're, that's our thinking mind, no? That's our thinking mind saying, oh, I'm identifying this. If we're in the level of sensation, love, tingly, tummy relaxed, would you say that's a different part of our nervous system? So even the word feel takes us almost out of, out of that level of sensation. Well, it doesn't for me, but since we're talking, we have to use words. Right. I'm in, I'm in Berkeley, California, and you're in beautiful yeah, no, Maine, and, and the only way to communicate right now is we have to use words. But it doesn't take me out of that feeling. Well, th- this is a good point because for some people it does. So it's that this is really helpful, I think, to to know that even using that sensation does not necessarily have to remove us from that sensation that that can express something that's in the nervous system. That's when every cell is listening. Yes, and I I just as a practice just um, stay connected to that inner feeling of my essence, which is that peace and that love, and just put more of my attention on the feeling. Uh, For me, I feel it in my solar plexus. The the person who was going to college, he felt it in his tummy. (laughs) I think we all feel it in different different centers of our body, different chakras. Um, And so I find that if I just keep more of my attention on the feeling, like even 65 or 75 percent on that, that, that resonant feeling, and just let my thinking mind be doing 25 percent, that's what I need to do to stay connected to that feeling. Because I find if I go back into all thinking, I lose it, yes. and it, it doesn't feel good. So we can intellectualize it and know, oh, this is what I'm doing. However, we'll lose that. We need to get back into that. Where, where, where is that sensation? Where is that in our, our body? Solar plexus, tummy, left toe, whatever. <laughs> the back or our breathing, our lungs, taking a bigger breath, whatever. Well, I, I find for me it's, it's one of those, there'll be, there'll be a point where it just opens up to a deeper feeling in one of my energy centers, is one of my chakras, and I'll feel it there. And um, sometimes it's my heart center, sometimes it's my solar plexus, sometimes it can be um, lower, but uh, it, it, can, it can vary. So uh, I've never found it be my big toe. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, I felt this amazing love, and so I know, oh, it's possible to feel this way. So I just said, I'm just, you know how your mind races off with thoughts so fast. Uh, And I just said, I'm only going to let my mind just think, I am love, I am love. So every thought I had driving from back to Cambridge, I only let that, what we call the monkey mind, be saying the truth, which is I am love. I just kept doing that all the way home, and I didn't feel any different. I did all evening, but when I woke up in the morning, I literally felt that I had shifted myself into that into my center, 
and I just felt shimmering love throughout my whole body. It was just, just extraordinary. It was just, it was just wonderful. Um, so I love to first show people how to shift themselves out of stress by I had them listen to my relaxation uh, CD or MP3 for 20 minutes to, to shift into a deep state of peace. If they have insomnia, they can listen to it before they fall asleep, and it shifts them out of their mind worrying into, into peacefulness. And, and then in that state, it relaxes all their muscles and ligaments get relaxed, and they just fall into a deep sleep and sleep more soundly because all their muscles and ligaments were relaxed. And then once a person can learn to be in that deep state of relaxation, then uh, I show them how to shift much more into their heart center to find the ways that they shift into oneness, whether it's through nature or through music. Some people do it through knitting. Everyone has different things they do that when they're doing it, they feel peaceful or or calm. Um, my father grew up in, in Arno, and for him it was going out in the woods with his his uh, Irish setter and just walking in the woods when he was hunting. Uh, he'd just shift into that peacefulness and taught me when I was a young child how to be walking in the woods behind his parents' farm in Arno. So just, just feeling the, just that oneness with nature. Uh, and now I find that I'm here in Berkeley, California. I love, there's this fabulous park called Tilden Park that's just vast acres of, of wilderness. And I just love going up there with my dog and just walking. The dog takes off and runs. And just the, the energy of nature I just find is so profound. And I just just love the feeling. Uh, so So that's what I find when a person can learn to shift themselves into that state of peace, there are more of the time then chronic illnesses will start to heal. And then as they can shift themselves even into a higher vibration by learning to live in a state of feeling their love for another person uh, or feeling loved, that again, that raises their vibration. Um, in, in fact, I'm doing a, a, a research study, and if there's anyone listening who'd be interested, I've, I've worked with people who have stage three or four or five cancer, and they've been told by their doctors, oh, the chemo's not working. Uh, we think you need to join hospice. We're not sure how long you have to live. And I've worked with a handful of those people, showing them what to do to shift into that state those states, how to shift out of fear, which getting that diagnosis creates all, of course. All, just raw fear, showing them how to shift out of that, how to sh- then uh, learn to first get centered and peaceful, and then find what are the ways that nurture them. And as they do that, um, as they keep going back to their oncologist, the markers for whatever the tumor markers the oncologist is following those markers start showing that the person's health is improving, that the cancer is getting less and less, because in these states, the person's immune system is enormously strengthened. Uh, research studies show that when a person gets relaxed, their immune system creates more. Just for 20 minutes of relaxation, a person's immune system 
produces more T cells, and T cells are called T cells because they're made by the, the thymus gland, and they coordinate the whole immune system. And uh, also, they found that when a person gets deeply relaxed, their immune system makes more natural killer cells, and they just cruise around, find cancer cells, sidle up to them, engulf them, and they're gone. And so when a person's in these deeply relaxed states, and and I just coach them on how to do this more and more, then the markers, their oncologists, when they go back every two weeks or every four weeks, will say, oh, my goodness, you're getting better. And if they keep doing this, the oncologists start saying, you're my miracle patient. You're getting better and better. And so actually I'm... I, I'm I'm looking for four people who would like free free consultations with me because I'm doing a, a a practicum for a PhD I'm doing in mind body medicine and so if anyone wanted to contact me they could send me an email at peggy dot huddleston h u d d l e s t o n at gmail dot com uh, and if they're in that situation and not, I can only work with people who are no, who are no longer having chemo uh, because their oncologist uh, may have said, you know, it's not working, it's not effective. But I found that in that window, I can show people what they can do uh, to heal, and but they need to have a doctor following their case, an oncologist who will be taking doing blood draws to get the markers to show that they're physiology indicates they're actually getting better and as they mm. really do this it goes into remission i'm just collecting a bunch of case studies that then i'll publish in a peer-reviewed journal to to document because uh, there's so many cases of people who have had this diagnosis but they they heal anyway um uh, the first person i worked with this way had been told by her doctors at beth israel deaconess medical center in boston that she had had ovarian, stage 3 ovarian cancer and had done surgery and chemotherapy and then sadly told her that the chemo wasn't effective and they thought she had a short time to live and uh, that she needed to join hospice. And I began working with her and um, the cancer went into remission and she's been in remission for 24 years and never had a reoccurrence. 24 she's years? To, yeah, and so she's learned... Uh, how she, what she has to do to stay very centered and to live at these higher vibrations. And if someone was interested in doing this work with me, I have, for my practicum, for my Ph.D., I have four months of, of uh, counseling I can do with someone. We do it by phone or on the computer using Zoom so we could see each other. We talk once or twice a week, and I just be showing a person how to do this and... Um, it's free because it's part of my practicum for my <laughs> Ph.D. in mind-body medicine. So if anyone's listening who would like this or knows someone who would like it, they can check out my work at my book's website at healfaster.com. Wow. Uh, it's H-E-A-L-F-A-S-T-E-R.com. That's the website just about my book. But they could click on the link... Um, Open Your Heart Workshop, because that describes some of the work I do about pers- showing a person how to become much more heart-centered. But then they could uh, send me an email, and then we can talk, and I can see if, if, 
if um, they they fit what I'm looking for wow, in Peggy. this narrow window. That's I, incredible. I that's that's isn't it exciting. Now it's exciting on that level, of course, to that 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 those that those individuals and um, but these techniques. I know that that's a very specific study, but these techniques that we're talking about, that deep relaxation and vi- that higher, quote, vibration of how we can really have ourselves work with us to stay healthy is, is for everybody. And, and it's exactly. a way, and it's a way, oh, and by the way, I do have to do a little business here. Um, uh, we're so excited about all this information. I, I forgot to reintroduce you. This is the Healthy Options Program on listener-supported community radio, WERU. I'm your host, Rhonda Feynman, and we're talking with Peggy Huddleston and about how the mind-body connection can enhance healing before, during, and after surgery, or before even getting any diagnosis, let's stay healthy. Or, And as we're learning now, even if you um, are quite ill, there are techniques that can make things uh, possibly um, uh, work well, help your body work even better. You know, we get into tricky territory, and since we are doing a, a radio show, I and I, I say this a lot um, because of what you're offering is so, so powerful, um, but, you know, Inevitably, we we are we are living beings. We we come to the end of our uh, of, of our time, as it were. Um, so, I, you know, I just want to just talk to people about even if, if you're doing this and and it, it's not getting better or you're not getting better. It's not a failure. It's not like you're doing something wrong that could create so much stress. Where we get into, I, and I know you're not saying this, but I want to to just put that out there. We don't know what everybody's path is, and we don't know, you know, we offer techniques and ideas, um, but I, I, I really caution people not to feel less than or I'm not doing it right or blame themselves or others yeah. when, you know, for the path. I, I, I just feel that that's important to, um, to, to reiterate, even as we learn these techniques and, and work and, and practice our, having ourself work in those different vibrations. Well, even when someone is um, at end of life and dying, maybe <clears throat> maybe some of your listeners have had that experience of, of uh, when you're with someone. I had it with my grandmother um, when she was dying, and I was able to guide her into the light. Yes. And when you and and when a person uh, sometimes a person soul as they're there in bed they become filled with this radiant love and everyone just feels it and they they go into the light they go into uh, that extraordinary love and they just beam it uh, while they're still alive but then their soul makes that transition from their body into another dimension um so it's extraordinary. I'm sure some of your listeners have had that experience of being with someone who's, who's just about to die, but who's filled with radiant love and light and just beams it out because uh, they've connected fully with that dimension and then their soul easily makes a transition yes. out of their body into, the, into where they're going. Yes, yes. And that's, that's, that's a natural process that can that we can allow 
ourselves and, and our and our ever, uh, others to have as well by by these practices. Hmm. Let's take a breath. <laughs> We're all taking a breath. <laughs> hmm. The technique that you were describing, um, you know, I think in in the room and in our studio here, I think everyone who's listening, we are we are even having this conversation. Have I think have, the the energy has altered, the the vibration has gotten higher, as as we say. Um, when we're in a stressful situation and we've done the relaxation, I. I is it is are you saying then that we are living in this that dimension uh you know we're we're actually doing our day-to-day activities in this is this i think there's a lot of idea that there's a spiritual aspect and then there's our life our daily life you're talking about integrating these and i i think in getting back to roberto asiagiole <laughs> um he also talks about a higher right the higher unconscious is that are we doing our daily tasks, paying bills, you know, you know, putting solar panels on our house or whatever we're doing, buying, uh, you know, driving to the grocery store? Are, are we doing that also from that high vibration? I, I, I guess the, the question is, how do we maintain this? Or are we constantly, is it constantly moving back and forth between these vibrations? What, how would you teach that? Well, it, it, it's uh, both. Um, most people have a set point. Uh, you know when you, you meet a friend you haven't seen for a while, they sort of feel the same as they felt 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, people have a set point of where they resonate. Uh, and person can, if they don't like how they feel, they can just begin to consciously raise that that set point to be at a, Place like you. Know, some people are just always depressed, or some people are always really happy. Um, you, you can consciously decide to change that. Um, oh, I don't know if that answers your yes. question, but um, but but I, I, I mean, for myself, during the day, I I do what. Um, do you play the violin, Rhonda? No, I I play the guitar though. Okay. Well, and I sing. I'm really a singer more. Oh, good. Well, mm-hmm. a guitar, do you have to tune it every day to play when you're going to play it? Sure. Well, um, I, I was much younger. I played the violin, and you had to, I had to tune it every day. And so I've learned just the way I had to tune my violin every day. I need to tune myself. And so when I wake up, I just put my one hand over my heart chakra, palms down, Let's all do that. The other over my solar plexus. And the palms of our hand are like little lasers. Energy comes out of them. We don't have to do things. It's just doing it naturally. And so without just having my hands there, I'll just lie in bed and just I'll feel this gentle energy flow into me. And it just feels peaceful and really good. And I'll just tune myself to that feeling for maybe... 10 or 15 minutes, because it just feels really good. And sometimes it feels so good I don't want to stop. And so I find every morning I just need to tune myself, and I do it that way. And then during the day, as you said, you, you're 
suggesting we have our our grateful list. Our yes, and then during the day, I just got I I my practice is to stay attuned to that feeling uh, where I just like ah oh, I, I I feel great. It's a feeling in one of my energy centers, one of my chakras. Stay attuned to the feeling, and having the feeling be maybe 65 or 75 percent of where my attention is and just 25 percent being in my intellect. So I'm not, because when we shift into our head and purely thinking, we shift into a much limited part of ourselves. But when you can be in your heart center uh, and centered there, uh, a heart math has been able to measure the field of energy that emanates from our heart that surrounds our whole body placing it in, in, in harmony and peace. And it's being really heart-centered just feels really good. And so a person can be heart-centered and be thinking. I'm, 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 we're letting, I'm letting that sink in. So you can be heart-centered and be thinking. So we're, because yeah. we are are uh, we're all of those aspects of ourselves are 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 there available to us as in the that diagram of the of that egg <laughs> that the big circle everything is there all aspects yeah, of ourselves I'll, are there yeah and so i'll just keep more of my attention going on the feeling mm-hmm. um then then goes into thinking i can feel when i get you know really stressed or hurried I shift right out of that in a split second. It's like, oh, my God, I can shift out of it so fast. But then I've learned to come back to it. Um, you, you've practiced. It's the practice. It's practice. It's, it's practice. And our culture doesn't really teach us this. We're in schools where we're taught to think uh, and not be in a state of beingness. I guess we're really talking about being versus doing. Being is enough. Yes. Hmm. So I've, I think I've altered, so now there are no words, but we're on the radio, so we must speak. Okay. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, that's right in that state of just pure beingness. You know when you're with someone you love and you feel your love point out to them and their love pointing to you? It's beyond words. It's pure being. And and it's it's being in that state and you can probably think of people that when you're around them they emanate that and that's why you love being around them yes because they just are centered in their beingness and you feel that beingness just pouring pouring out of them um, and and moving through the doing while being doing while yes. being exactly not you know, the practice of not dropping out, but doing while being. Yes. And isn't that where great creativity can come from, where if you talk about the artistic pro- process or creative process, there's yes. th- that that state of, of being, and then solutions come, or ideas flow, or yes, we... inspired. Or social action happens, or... <laughs> doing well-being and the inspiration 
So we get, mm-hmm. we're, and which doesn't have to, you don't have to be a great artist or a great violinist, but that aspect of our, of our knowing. And the feeling that comes in that creativity when you know, a child is just having fun drawing, just doing it for the pure joy of it. Yes, and right, and, and right, putting just, just for fun, just because, and who knows what that is, or waiting for a solution, having a, a working on a, some problem or uh, whatever, and, and finally, you know, getting to a quiet place, sometimes, right, solutions just pop up. Oh, yes, fully formed. We allowed that exactly. to happen. That's being. That's right, and, and Roberto Assagioli's model, uh, at the very top, he has the higher self, and it just flows ideas into us. They're always there, and it seems that we have access from that higher place. We have access to everything, uh, and it's just like you have access to the universal library or whatever you need. You just have to ask and then just let the answer drop in. And... So again, reading more about uh, about Roberto's work, <laughs> that sense of that self is really—it's it, almost like we're expanding. It's not like that's separate from our everyday. As we're, uh, this is another way to say the same thing: being while doing, doing while being. That yes, we shift into a state of oneness because at a spiritual level, we're all part of a oneness. Uh, individually, we're all in separate bodies, and uh, you're in Maine and I'm in Berkeley, California, so we're physically separate. But when you get that higher state, you shift into a spiritual place. We're all part of oneness. And one of my steps, and for people preparing for surgery, I'll ask them to ask friends and family to think of them during the half hour before surgery. And wherever their friends are around the country, to think of that per- the person who's in the holding area waiting for surgery and just wrap them in a blanket of love. And if they get 20 friends to do that, many people say, oh, I felt so peaceful as I was waiting for surgery. Uh, and if they have a large support group, say a lot of prayer groups involved, if they have 50 people, uh, they're wrapping them and just holding them in love wherever they happen to be, the person will say, I've connected uh, to a state of love I've never felt before. This has changed my life. It's like it opens a doorway to heaven, and they say, "Ah, oh, it was the most amazing feeling I've ever had. Um, it was just extraordinary, um, just just amazing. And even I know once when I had to have some very minor surgery, and I uh, was awake for it, but I was deeply relaxed, and I, I felt my friends and family all wrapping me in that love. But I felt like my mother, uh, who had died when I was 16, was holding my hand. It's like it seems like, like loved ones from the other side can connect with us. And I felt this extraordinary. You know how each person's love feels different, and you can mm. just identify it like a signature? It's like, oh, that's my, that's my mother's love. It was just... Um, I was in my 40s having this minor surgery and feeling her holding my hand. It was, 
I lay there just grinning for an hour and a half while they're doing the surgery, and I, I hoped it never ended because I felt so <laughs> loved. It was just wonderful. But as you're saying, we're uh, individual and we're part of a oneness when we shift in those much higher levels. We're, we're both. Oh, again, again, we've we've now shifted into this higher level. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of words. Oh, my goodness, well, Peggy, remember, really, this is fantastic. And, and, then, and then I was so so blessed. Uh, my son, uh, when he was around five and a half, he, he said, you know, Mom, he had full memory of where he had come from before he came to Earth. And I learned so much from him. And he said, Mom, where I, I've come from, it's all love. There's not that much love here on Earth. Well, and he said, you know, he said, I don't think I can tell Dad this. He'll never understand. His father was a psychiatrist, <laughs> and I said, No, I don't. I don't think you. I don't think. I don't think you can. Um, but children, many children remember where they've come from, and and that feeling of love. And so I found that he, my son needed to be with other children who were like him. And so I, one couple summers, I did a camp for young healers. It was for children who uh, remembered, some remembered where they came from, some talked to God, some uh, could mm. see angels. And they need to be with other children who were like them, because when they were in his classroom, they often um, yeah. w- wouldn't feel connected to, because they're having a very different experience. Wow. So they... They could begin to think, I'm, I'm not like these other kids. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Wow. When but, actually, but they just have They're other just abilities. connected. They're just they're connected. connected. They well, ha- they, they just stay connected. Peggy, Peggy, I'm going to have to cut us off here because I know we could continue and continue. And I want to thank Peggy Huddleston for joining us today. Um, we're going to talk about uh, all of the information on the website <clears throat> about the ERUs, and we'll post all of that. So thank you, Peggy Huddleston, for joining us today. Her website will be posted. We also have a link to this website and other information mentioned in the show and when we post the show on the public affairs section of weru.org. In the meantime, if you've missed any part of this program or would like to share it, please go to weru.org to find our recent programs on demand. And thanks for Amy Brown for engineering, to Petra Hall for production assistance. As always, thanks to all of our WER listeners and supporters. This is Rhonda Feynman wishing you the best in health. Thank you for tuning in. Support for WERU comes from our generous listeners. Thank you.